Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this 14th of November, the 24th Sunday after Trinity. And on our congregation at prayer in the Divine Service Catechesis portion, we are now focusing on the Divine Service, not just the introduction, but now on the Divine Service and what is known as the preparation. And if you have your Lutheran Service book, this is on page 184. Now, you won't see the word preparation on this page, but that's what this is. Technically, this is not part of the service, the opening versicles, the confession and absolution. What these are doing is they are preparing you for the service proper, which actually starts with the introit. Now, if you're in church with us, you'll notice that for the preparation of the service, I, as the pastor, I don't go up into the chancel. I don't go up into the front area, up the steps, around the altar with the pulpit and lectern. That's because the service during the preparation hasn't started yet. And to prepare to be before God who is with us there at the altar, we first confess our sins and are cleansed with Christ's forgiveness. Now, the first thing out of my mouth would be the invocation. But then right after that, I begin exhorting the congregation to come draw near the Lord in the name and forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the versicles follow. The versicles are that back and forth that you see between the pastor and the congregation. And that is, those versicles are to prepare our hearts to receive Christ's forgiveness as we confess those parts of Scripture from Psalm 32 and Psalm 148. And the versicles themselves, they show from who our help comes. They show God's power to help, the condition on which help is granted, which is confessing our sins, and also God's assuring word and promise that we will be forgiven. Then we confess our sins together as a congregation. We confess our original sin, which is our condition from conception. We confess our sins of thought, word, and deed, what's called actual sins. And our repentance to God that that we are turning from our sins back to him, seeking his grace through Christ. We're doing all that through confession. And then as God has promised through his Son, After that confession, we receive his absolution, his forgiveness. Now, since all of this is preparation, none of it is sung. It's said and it's proclaimed. The service proper and the singing and chanting, they don't begin until right after this with the introit, which we'll get to next week. But for now, we now turn to the matin service with the opening hymn, O Lord my God, I cry to thee.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Ever shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. The Old Testament lesson for this 24th Sunday after Trinity is written in the 51st chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the ninth verse. Awake, Awake, put on strength, arm of the Lord. Awake as in the days of old, the generations of ancient times. Isn't it you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced the monster? Isn't it you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over? Those ransomed by the Lord will return and come with singing to Zion. Everlasting joy shall be on their heads. 
they will obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you, that you are afraid of man who shall die, and of the Son of Man who will be made as grass? Have you forgotten the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? Do you live in fear continually all day because of the fury of the oppressor when he prepares to destroy? Where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile will speedily be freed. He will not die and go down into the pit. His bread won't fail. For I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of armies is his name. I have put my words in your mouth, and have covered you in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens, and lay the foundations of the earth, and tell Zion, You are my people. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I love the Lord, because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. The epistle is written in the first chapter of Colossians, beginning at the ninth verse. Brothers, for this cause we also, since the day we heard this, we don't cease praying and making requests for you that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that you may walk worthily of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory, for all endurance and perseverance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have our redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, 
Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. While Jesus told these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and followed him, as did his disciples. Behold, a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years came behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said within herself, If I touch just his garment... I will be made well. But Jesus, turning around and seeing her, said, Daughter, take heart. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he said to them, Make room, because the girl isn't dead but sleeping. They were ridiculing him. But when the crowd was sent out, he entered in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. The report of this went out into all the land. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, and the place with thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now last week, during the Feast of All Saints, we heard from the Revelation of St. John a picture of those sainted in heaven. You may remember it said, These are the ones coming out of the Great Tribulation. And all of that in Revelation sounds wonderful. But it's hard to picture in our minds. What does it look like to come out of the Great Tribulation? As we near the end of the church year, what will it look like to be raised during the resurrection? How do we picture that? Well, today, Matthew gives us a glimpse of what that looks like. In the middle of our gospel, in verse 20, Matthew says, And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Here is this woman, and here is her great tribulation, her cross to bear. For twelve years this woman has hemorrhaged blood without stopping, without any relief. And as we heard last week as well, twelve, the number twelve in the scriptures, represents a number of perfection, completion, totality, meaning this woman's suffering is complete. Not in the sense that it is finished, but in the sense that it affects her whole entire person. She suffers physically in pain and agony as the flow of blood never stops. And if there is life in the blood, as the scriptures tell us, that means she is continually losing blood. She's continually losing life for 12 years. And with this, she suffers socially and culturally because she is never able to go out without embarrassment or shame. And it would have kept her from having kids or growing her family during that entire 12 years. She also suffers spiritually because a woman in the Old Testament is not to be considered clean until after her flow of blood ceases, meaning for 12 years she hasn't been to the temple or the synagogue because she has been considered unclean. Look at every aspect of this poor woman's life and you will see this corruption of, in her body forcing her to suffer. In this woman, we see the exact picture of the sin we inherit, the sin in which we were conceived and corrupted us completely throughout our lives, sin which had cut us off from God and took from us the spirit and life, sin which turns us inward to ourselves so that we love only ourselves and care nothing for our neighbor or think anything of marriage or family. Sin which turned us against our Creator, where we desire to set ourselves up as our own God and show nothing but hatred toward Him who is God and who has blessed us with everything. It is sin which kicked mankind out of the temple of Eden. It is sin which corrupted our lives completely, which corrupted our soul as well as our body, so that we were as doomed to loneliness, suffering, and death as this poor woman was. Like this hemorrhaging woman, sin has totally corrupted us so that we, like her, are so polluted, exhausted, impoverished, and hopeless that on our own, 
We would have no business trying to come before an all-holy and all-powerful God. And yet, and yet, that's where this woman becomes not just a picture of us, but an example for us. Because despite her suffering, despite her being unclean, despite the crowds of the world getting in her way, watch her as she passes through it all to come to her Lord. And then also hear again what she says to herself. She says, if only I touch his garment, I will be made well. And again, the English translation, it really does kind of fail us here. It's not that the woman simply said, I will be made well, as if she sees Christ as only some magical healer. No, no, no. What she is saying is, if I only touch his garment, I will be saved. I will be restored. That's what the Greek says. And saved and restored, not just from the flow of blood, but in her entire body and soul. In those words, in those words of, I will be saved, I will be restored. Do you hear the confidence of this woman? After 12 years of suffering in her complete person, do you hear her confidence? But it's not a confidence in herself because you see, the number 12 that we talked about, it's not just a number meaning perfection. It's also a number demonstrating God's total and complete divine power and divine authority. Because as great as this woman's flow of blood was, she knows that the flow of blood from our Lord on the cross is even greater. Because on the cross, he takes her death. And from his blood, she will receive his life. As polluted as all her garments were from her uncleanness, here in this life from her suffering. She knows that the garment which Jesus wears, the one that she touches, that will be hers to wash in the blood of the Lamb. And on that day that she washes it in the blood of the Lamb, she will be as clean as that robe will be bright white. See her confidence and her hope throughout all her tribulation. Her confidence is our confidence. Her hope is our hope. And bracketing this story of this woman is another story of a little girl, beginning in verse 18. And it says, While Jesus was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. Here, in this part of the story, is the great tribulation of this little girl and her father. Here is their cross to bear. Here, a small girl that has barely lived her life 
has suffered death. Here, a father may have suffered something worse than his own death. He suffered helplessly watching as his own daughter dies in his arms. This is where all sin and suffering leads, to death. Can a father suffer anything worse than watching the death of his own child? Can anything be more hopeless than watching death take hold of a young girl, his own young girl, that should be full of life? And if you want to know how hopeless the world and mankind considers it for this family, listen to the laughter when they're told that she is not dead, only sleeping. No matter where this father looks in the world, there is no message of hope from the world as his daughter lay dead. And again, in this girl, we see the exact picture of death to sin which we had faced. This is the end of the sin in which we were conceived. This is where corruption and suffering of our sin would lead to hopelessness, to death. Because separated from our Creator, separated from God who is the source of all life, there is no hope. There is only death. And yet, and yet, that's where this girl and this father become not only a picture of what we face in sin, but they become an example for us. Because despite just having seen his daughter die, despite the world who was pretending to be mourning for him, despite the world turning around and laughing in his face, despite all that, watch this father immediately, immediately from the time his girl dies, run to and fall down before his Lord and hear again what he says to our Lord. He says, my daughter has just died. But come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. She will live. Not just physically, but spiritually as well. In those words, do you hear the confidence of this father? Think of it. He had just watched his daughter die. And he says to his Lord, Based on what his Lord will do, she will live. Do you hear that confidence? But it's not confidence in himself. Because you see, this father and this daughter, they've heard the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord that they heard created faith in them. They believed. They heard and knew that their Savior is the Lord of life. That's why the father ran to our Lord and dropped down before him. Because as crushing and hopeless as this girl's death was, she and her father knew that our Lord's death paid the price for her sin, that it removed all the sin and guilt from her, so that spiritually she may never die. They knew that in our Lord's resurrection she would have life. That is exactly why our Lord said she is not dead but sleeping. Because though she was physically dead, she was still alive in him. That is why her father prayed before the feet of our Lord. 
because he knew that if Christ came and laid his hand on her, she would arise with her Lord. Despite all the world's mockery in the face of all this, the father ran to his Lord and he prayed. Because this father and this girl, they believed with a sure and certain confidence that her Lord died for her, died the death that she deserved so she didn't have to die. And they believed with a sure and certain confidence that the life with which our Lord was raised was hers as well. Her confidence, this father's confidence, is our confidence. Their hope is our hope. As we sit here this Sunday, we all know we are going through the great tribulation. We all feel the crosses that we bear. We know our complete and total corruption of being conceived in sin. We feel the weakness of our flesh every day and that it is dying. Throughout our lives, we feel the sting of death around us and the mockery and persecution of the world. We know this great tribulation very well. We're all too familiar with this veil of tears as it always haunts us. And yet, and yet, here is this woman Here is this father, here is his little girl, and in them we see our sure and certain hope that we will be taken out of this great tribulation. If you want a picture of what being taken out of the great tribulation is, look at this woman and look at this girl. Because in baptism, the flowing flowing blood of Christ removes our sin and guilt. The flowing blood of Christ promises us eternal life and gives us the pure robe of Christ's righteousness, which, when we put it on, restores us like it did the woman. In the waters of baptism, this flowing blood of Christ begins to restore us so that when we come up from the font, there we see Christ telling us, take heart. Or it could be translated, be confident. Because there in the waters, we received the faith which saves and restores us. Be confident, not in ourselves, but in Him. We know we will be taken out of this great tribulation because here we hear the word of God, which gives us faith. Because here at the altar, if we only touch and partake of the bread which is his body and the wine which is his blood, we will be saved, restored, and sealed in him, in his blood, his blood from the font to the feast. So that now, we not only just hear about the confidence of this woman and father, we are able to pray in that confidence. We pray in the great confidence of faith, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray that in confidence, knowing with complete certainty that our faith has saved us because it clings to him who was crucified for us. 
as great as this great tribulation is. We know how much greater the victory is in Christ's resurrection because we know with certainty that when he returns in glory, we will rise to be just like him. We know with certainty that on that day, he will come to the body of his bride, the church. And as he comes to to her body, he will tell all the devils, go away, she is not dead but sleeping. We know with confidence that on that day there will be no mockery of him as every knee bows. We know with certainty that instead, on that day, when he returns, all will watch as he takes the hand of his bride, the church, and says to her, Arise. Now we know with great confidence that on that day, his bride, the church, of which we are a part, will arise with him to live with him in eternity. That, all of that, is how we may picture our Lord taking us from this great tribulation. And we may picture it with the confidence of faith, the sure and certain confidence of faith that will lead us to endure all of this great tribulation and all that it throws at us. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
rest upon thee to deliver me when it's humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord and let my cry come unto thee. 
Stir up, we beseech you, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may of you be plenteously rewarded. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, 
Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise him and magnify him forever. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us this morning for this Matins podcast celebrating the 24th Sunday after Trinity. And you are, of course, welcome to join us, and we hope you do join us, for the podcast next week, which celebrates the last Sunday of the church year, oftentimes known as Christ the King Sunday. All the music, all the hymnody for this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.